Happy Father's Day, everybody. You're not answering me. I say, Happy Father's Day, everybody. If you don't answer me, I'm going to change this suit. <laughs> my, my, sister, my sister called me from London. She was teasing me. She said, Brother, you said if you don't answer, you go and wear your hat. I said, Where did you hear this? I'm following you. I won't listen to you already. And I'm sure she had this one too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for your word that we're about to hear. Celebration of fatherhood, very important. We trust you to teach us, help us to understand. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I want to, first of all, thank all of you that participated in the missions uh, program yesterday. Uh, we're raising funds for Nigeria, trying to help out. The Lord will bless all of you. Uh, they, we had a record uh, attendance, really, in that meeting. And that tells you that the Spirit of God really is stirring the hearts of people to be able to be part of the solution and not to be part of the problem. I want to thank all of you. Thank uh, the minister of Asia and then the head of ministry, uh, Uche, Okonkwo, and uh, uh, the cabinet. All of you that really put this up. The Lord will reward you in Jesus' name. So we are talking about the father of all who believe. Text is Romans chapter 4, verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That's, that's our topic. Abraham is the father of all who believe. And the scripture teaches us that Abraham is our father of all who believe. Meaning, he set us example of, of, of how to walk with God by faith. The only way you walk with the God you don't see is not by what you see, it's by faith. Faith is about believing in the things that are not seen, but they are real. So Abraham is the father of us all in the sense that he modeled for us how to walk with God by faith. <clears throat> Remember, a father is defined as a man in relationship with a child or children. A man who caused a pregnancy that resulted in the birth of a child is naturally called a father. A father is also a leader and a protector for the family and a leader who gives you example, a mentor for the family. A father is not necessarily someone who fathered you naturally, biologically but someone who plays a pivotal role in your life. Somebody who, a person whose life you follow is a father to you because he plays the role of a father to you by leading you, guiding you, advising you, protecting you. He becomes a father to you because he plays the role of a father in your life, men who inspire you to a higher value and greater heights by their advice and example play the role of a father in your life. Those women taught you to live your best life play the role of a father in your life. And Paul said something in 1 Corinthians 4.14, I am not writing these things to shame you. Now, I was sharing with my daughter. I think we are sharing something, father and daughter talk. I have all this father and daughter talk all the time. And so we're sharing very interesting things. And then we're saying that we don't call people out to shame them. We don't do that. What do you gain shaming somebody? You discourage that person. We, we, we speak to defy all the time. Even if you want to correct somebody, please do that with respect. Do that with respect. Don't shame people. Even your children. Even your children. Don't shame them. Find a way to say it and remember that you don't know it all. And God is also being patient with you. So Paul said, I'm not writing these things to shame you. Can we say amen there? But to warn you as my beloved children. See, he called them my children. He didn't father them. To the best of our knowledge, Paul never had a child. 15, for even if you had... 10,000 others to teach you about Christ. Listen to this. You have only one spiritual father. You can be going to whatever they're teaching you, be talking, but you have only one spiritual father. We should learn from this. Because a rolling stone 
gathers what? No more. Many people are rolling stone all over the place, and they run into de- wrong doctrines. They get deceived. They have no standardization in their life. It's a, it's a disaster. There's no way you will escape demonic deceit. You must have the standardization. And Paul is saying you have, so many people can teach you, but I'm your father. I'm your father. I play, listen, let's read some more. He said, for, verse 15, for even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual word, father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. Paul was an apostle who started churches and brought people into the kingdom. He said, I'm your father. No matter what you hear, I'm your father. I have now the responsibility over your soul. You know, pastors have that responsibility. The Bible said they'll give account of your souls. So that's why every pastor must live up to that responsibility of knowing that he's a father. Verse 16. So now listen what he told them in verse 16. So I urge you to imitate me. He said, no matter what you hear, imitate me. I'm your father. If they teach you anything and I say it's wrong, listen. I'm your father. Seventeen. That's why I've sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of how I follow Christ Jesus just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. I follow Christ Jesus so you follow me. I'm your father. So in the context of our text, Abraham is our father because he modeled a walk with God by faith for all of us to follow. And we need fathers these days. You know, there's a saying, everybody, maybe you've heard it, that the absence of fatherhood has devastated the society. In these last days, evil has invaded our society from Africa to Europe to America, everywhere. Exactly as the scripture predicted that it would be. The devil is on overdrive with false doctrines, all manner of stuff. Second Timothy chapter 3. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be it will be very diff, it will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. If you know which one is not happening, raise up your hand. Let me see. Verse, he said, they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. If it's not happening, tell me. Scoffing at God. Disobedient to their parents. Some people are so angry at their parents. Look, we didn't get this from Africa. In Africa, we honor our parents. We grew up honoring our parents. All this, this Western, everybody's angry about somebody, somebody. Nobody takes responsibility for what they do. It's either somebody did it to me, and my father did this to me. Which one did you do? None. Where we came from, we are brought up with respect. It's our culture. It's who we are. We should be proud of it. Can I hear a big amen here? Yes, we should be proud of it and teach it to our children. We have something God gave us. We have something to contribute, people. We are not inferior. We have something. We are important. Forget about all this. Uh, slightest in my father is my father is my. Forget about it. The day you start taking responsibility, your life starts changing. Verse two. Verse. Two, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Tell me it's not. What do, they, what do people consider sacred? Even people who go to church. Consider nothing sacred. Paul warned Timothy, he said, if you go to church, be careful how you behave there. He said, it's the ground and pillar of what? Truth. And Peter said, how did the devil deceive you not to know that the Holy Spirit is here? 
Nothing is sacred. Even the Bible, if you tell a Christian, the Bible says this, they say, say, but. I was preaching it on Thursday, but what? What is the but? If there was supposed to be a but, you can't know better than God would have added it. But there's no but there. Are you following me? Verse 4. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Paul didn't say treat them like heathens. He said don't treat them like, he said treat them like brothers. It's not I holier than thou attitude, which God says I, I detest. He said, what he mean by stay away is don't copy them. Don't copy them. So we need fathers who will model a life of faith, working with God, instead of working with the world. That's one of the greatest legacies you will leave for your children. It's an example of how to work with God. Ourself, my late father, he did that. He did that. And I have people from my town who will tell you, he, he knows, he did that. My father lived up to this. He did that. All my life, I never saw my father angry. Never. I never heard my father speak evil of anybody. I didn't hear. My wife would tell you. Never. Never had my father, mama, complain. Nothing, never. Never, never. All my life. Never. Not one instance. Abraham, let's look at Abraham's relationship with God. Abraham was called a friend of God. Even God called him my friend. But we know we are sons of God. But there's something we can learn from this. Second Chronicles 25. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathens? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Are thou not our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy what? Thy what? Friend. Forever. Everybody knew that Abraham and God had intimacy. Abraham had intimacy with God. So even Jehoshaphat said, it's your friend. In Isaiah 41, it said, But thou, Israel, art my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. That's what God called him. But you know we are not just friends of God. We are what? Ah, you are not sure who you are? We are what? We are what? Sons of God. You say, but I'm a woman. Okay, how about me being a bride of Christ? In Christ, there's neither male or so you see the word to represent all of us. That's why even me, I'm a bride, even though I'm not a woman. Praise the Lord. And Abraham was a man who communed with God. His prayer wasn't religious obligation and talking, 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 monologue, no. Because when you come close to God, when you know God, you understand how to talk with him. That's why when people are close to God, you don't teach them about prayer. The Spirit of God teaches them. Let me tell you, if you are close to God, the Spirit of God will teach you how to marry your wife. I'm not kidding you. It will teach you. There are things you do, it will tell you, stop that. Stop that. Can't do this. This is what I said in my word. If you're really close to God, he will guide you in everything. Instruct you in everything. That is, if you are prepared to be hearing him, or if you are disobedient to him, he will leave you alone in your prayer. Abraham was very intimate with God. Very, very intimate with God. Genesis 18, 20. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sins is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. 
verse 22. And the man turned their faces from hence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet. Where? Are you, not, are you not reading? Abraham stood yet where? Before the Lord. If you some of us, immediately the men go, they will, they will go. Abraham stood there. He knew this conversation is not over. You need to be close to God to know the moves of God, to know, to know the hands of God, and differentiate it from the hands of Satan and the hands of me. You must know what is of God, what is of Satan, what is of men. You must know. Abraham stood there. Verse 22. And the men turned their faces from tents and went towards Sodom. And, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. 23. And Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? This is the place where Abraham communes with God. So after they left, they started talking to God. Verse 24. Peradventure, there, is, there be 50 righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that they are in, 25, that that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked? Look at this man talking to God. Say, God, you can't do that. And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? 26. And the Lord said, Abraham, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for, for their sakes. 27. And Abraham answered and said, you see, you see what prayer is? It's communion. He talks. And who talks back? God. That's prayer. That's prayer. That's how you know you get, you get faith that God has. When Paul spoke to God, he said, three times I spoke to him, three times God spoke back to me. Every single time I spoke, I said to God, God says, my grace is what? Many Christians haven't found out that the grace of God is sufficient. They haven't found it. It's not sufficient. They want to add works, add this and add that and confuse themselves. Verse 27. Abraham answered and said, behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. 32. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet this once. Peradventure, ten shall be what? Found. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. Abraham should have continued. He should have continued. I said, Lord, how about one? But he stopped there. And when he stopped there, the Lord said, okay, you don't have any more points to make. You know, God invited us to come and state our case. Look, if you are not intelligent, you don't know what you are talking to God, what will God answer? Do you know some women, one woman came to God and said to Jesus, I want my son to be on your right. And the other one, where? You know what Jesus told her? You don't know what you are talking about. How about you talk, talk, talk for five hours and God says, what is he talking about? Must be articulate when you talk to God. Must be very articulate. Don't go there blambling, blambling things that are totally irrelevant. Especially things that are unbelief. The Bible said it distances you from God. Habakkuk 2.1 I will stand I will stand upon my watch and sit upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say what unto me. Habakkuk said, I'm not going nowhere. I must know what he's saying on this matter. That's prayer. Sometimes you go before the Lord, don't say anything. God goes there and say, Lord, this is your Bible. This is your word. This is what you told me. I believe it. I expect to see it work. I need to hear from you. Believe you me, you talk to you. Challenge God with his word, we'll talk to you. Go to God and say, this is what you said, Lord. I have no other source of faith, it's this. And I believe in Lord, I've been speaking this, I've been believing this, I'm confessing it. I expect to see it, but I haven't seen it. 
Where did I miss you? What is going wrong? Believe you me, you stay there and insist. God will talk to you. He will direct you. I will show you where there is a disconnect. And the moment there is connect, then start free. Because the problem is never with God. The problem is always what? So he will show you. Because sometimes we think we know when we are in the ground. So Habakkuk said, I'm going to stay here until I know what he has to say. And what I will answer when I'm report. I'm reproved. So I want to know what to say. Then verse 2. And the Lord then answered me. That's when God answered me. And said, this is not for now. Write it. It's for an appointed uh, time. So the man relaxed. That's what happened to Paul. Paul said, after he told me my grace is sufficient to you, he said, and I relaxed. He said, I, infirmity stopped bothering me. I was no more confused. Job. Then Job spoke again. My complaint today is still a bitter one, though. And I try hard not to groan. I don't want to complain. Has anybody been complaining? Verse 3. If only I knew where to find God. But you know where to find him. Because God is with you. I will go to his court. Verse 4. Job, what are you going to do there? I will lay out my case. These Old Testament saints knew things we don't even know today. They know to go and lay out their case. Job knew that if you go to God, God wants you to what? Lay out your case. Habakkuk said, I'm laying out my case. And God said, this thing is not for now. Habakkuk, go and sleep. It's for an appointed. Lay out your case. He said, I want to lay out my case and present my. Ah, you're not talking. Present my arguments. Is it not what God said? Come, let us reason together. Come now. I'm your father. Come. You know, one day I was, I did dedication here. And I said, God has given me so many children. And my granddaughter, Amara, waited for me right there. Immediately I finished, he said, Grandpa, come here. So I, so I followed her. He said, Are they really your children? I, I said, I'm really in trouble. I said, honey, you are my granddaughter. Nobody competes with you. I said, I love you. You know that. She smiled. She looked at me and smiled. It's like, just wanted to be sure. <laughs> These are American children. Or somebody said we shouldn't call them American children. That's okay. She called me and made her case. She had doubts. Does grandpa have all these children? Really? She said, I did really your children. <laughs> I explained to her, I said, honey, you're my granddaughter. You're, you're the best. You're, I mean, you're my daughter, you know, and I love you. And I said, can I hug my daughter? I smiled, looked at my, my eyes and laughed. She was assured. So she left and started playing with other children. That's what we do with God. We go to God and say, Lord, I don't get this one. And God will explain to you. Praise the Lord. So Job said in verse 5, Job 23, 5, then I will listen to his reply. He said, after I lay my case, verse 5, then I will listen to his what? I want us to read verse 5 together. Everybody, let's go. One, two, go. Then I will listen to his reply and understand what he says to me. That's prayer. That's what Abraham was doing. If you read Genesis 19, you see that the Bible said, and Abraham stood up early in the morning and went to the place where he meets with God. After this one, that place he goes there. But we, we don't have a place. You can have a place, which is okay. But remember that Jesus said, neither here or Jerusalem. You can worship God where? Anywhere. Because God lives in you, and God is with you. The access to God, Jesus opened it up through his blood. It's, not, it's no more limited to a place. He said, worship him in truth and uh, the spirit. I don't know. Are you following me? If you are not following me, I will go and sit down. Because today is Father's Day. It's my day to do shakarasmo. Praise the Lord. You know, my wife came to me and said, you look so handsome. He said, we'll take pictures of you today. Wow. That made my day. So Abraham also was a doer of the word. I want us to listen. You honor God when you do his word. Not out of obligation. 
God loves a cheerful view. You don't do it because you don't want to go to hell. Forget about those stories. Jesus said, if you love me, then you do what I say. It's not because of, nobody is pushing you. It's because you love me. Because you know I'm God. And you do it to honor me. God accepts that kind of thing. Nobody wants somebody doing something for you by force. Nobody wants that kind of thing. And so Abraham was somebody who responded to God by always. He developed into this attitude of instant response to God. Genesis 22. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son. Take now what? And if that is not enough, God reminded him for that. Thy what? Only son Isaac. And if that is not enough, God said one more thing. Whom thou lovest. Man, that's where I would have stopped. But you remind me, it's my son, my only son, an old age one that just came. Ah. God brought it, painted the picture clear. He said, you love this, but I know. It's your only one, yeah. I want you to prove that you love me more than you. I was telling one of my children that came into my office to hug me. I said, crucible, people don't want to go there. But that's why you prove you love God more than anything else. Called the test of it. Nobody wants to go there. But you, that's where you see the fourth man in the fire. In that crucible. It's not a place to cry. It's a place to say to the Lord, I love you in spite of this. You make your point practically. God, look, if you talk to God, I love you, say, show me, prove it. You love this boy, Abraham. Let me see if you love him now more than me. Has my blessing become more important to you than the one who gives what? The blessing. Verse 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest, and gave thee into the hand of Moriah, and go into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell you. You think Abraham hesitated? That's a man that really believes God. I mean, we can't even forgive people. <laughs> Read the scripture say forgive. We are struggling with it. God tells us something. We are dragging our feet. <laughs> it's because we haven't grown spiritually. Verse 3. And Abraham rose up. When? He didn't wait one week, two weeks. He didn't act, talk to anybody. He didn't bother. He didn't say, God, is this God? No, 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 no. God said it. He did it. But then think of it. Let's go to verse 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? I would have gone home from there. Don't. I'll go home and say, Lord, I can't. Did you hear the boy? How can I take my hand? My, the boy called him my father. Man, that, man, that would be, I'm telling you. I sat there, my son came and hugged me. I felt like grabbing him all. That's father's heart. Here is your son saying, my father, are you really going to kill me? Ah. I'm your pastor, but you need to pray for me for that one. <laughs> but this man... Man, intimacy with God will bring you to a point where you believe anything God says because it's what? It's God. It's not a question of I'm a Christian 20 years or 30 years. Do you really know him? Because if you know him, you can trust him. If you don't know him, you drag your feet. Verse 9. And they came to the, sorry, to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar and laid the wood and in order and bound Isaac, his son. Action speaks loud. And laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched forth his son, took the knife to slay his son. Man. Growing up spiritually is very important. Brethren, it's not a show I'm coming to Foursquare, I'm going to Fountain, I'm going to forget about all those things, all those things we talk about. 
Do you know God? Do you know him? What extent of intimacy do you have with him? That God says to you, forgive this person. You are not talking of what they did. You just forgive them because he says, you just do that. If God says, hey, I've made you righteous, you say, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, that's what he says. I don't want to understand. He said it, his word is, yeah. Case, case, crew. So how did Abraham develop from laughing at God? Remember he used to laugh, he and the wife? And to a man who can believe God like this, let's look at Abraham, Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Something that looked hopeless. The man still believed God. Romans 4, 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham. For Abraham is the father of all who believe 17. That is what the scripture mean, mean when God told him, I have made you the father of what? Many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life. You see, he believed that God can do all things. Who brings the dead Bring the dead back to life, and who creates a new, who creates new things out of nothing? Eighteen, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept on doing what? Expect there was no reason. You, you, you know, it, 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 I used to struggle, but God says, "I made you righteous." I'm righteous. He told Abraham, "I made you a father of many nations." The man is hundred years old, and the man believed God. God said it, that's what it is. He wasn't there figuring out, Father of many nations, look at my body. Look at my wife. That's what we do. We, we want God to come and act in the physical. He would. Believe me, he would, because he's a spirit. So he walk in the spirit realm. Because the things you see are first made in the spirit realm. That's why he created you first, spirit. Made you a new nature, gave you a new nature. You don't see it. The day you got born again, you don't feel anything. But he did it. And he said, if you believe that, it will start manifesting in the natural. Not by your effort, because the work is finished from the foundation. You know, if God wanted help, the first day he started creation, you know who he would have created first? Adam and Eve. Would have created them so they can help him. But he finished every creation. And I created them and said, come and what? Enjoy what I created. He hasn't changed. That's his method. Because God doesn't change. That's his method. He hasn't changed. I don't know why we like toy. Verse 18. Oh, verse 17. That is what the scripture meant when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham simply believed in the God who brings the, the dead back to life, who creates new things out of nothing, 18, even when there was no reason to for hope. You're looking at me, I don't look like I'm righteous. Forget about it. God said, I am. If you be patient, through faith and patience, we inherit what? If you be patient, the Spirit of God will walk it out. And then by the next time you see me next year, you will see cold water. You say, wow. That thing God said is always here and then. Always here and then. Always here and then. So a hundred year old man simply believed what God said about. That's called maturity. That's how to walk with God. For two can walk together. That's how to walk with God. That's what he modeled for us. Hopeless, yes. You don't look like it, yes, but don't walk by sight, is what we were told. Verse 19, and Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years old, he figured his body was as good as dead, so was Sarah's womb. This, you know, this God did with Abraham is illustrating to us our salvation, really. They were dead in sins and trespasses, and we can't bring forth fruit. Can't bring forth life, nothing. That's why we're children of promise, too. We came like Isaac came, by the word. So how did... Abraham transformed 
from somebody who laughed at God to somebody who would believe the impossible without seeing it. He modeled for us how to walk with what? God. A father of faith. That's what all fathers should be. You model for your children how to walk with God. That God is real. God is true. His word is yea. Going to church and going home won't do it for them. They're smart. They know when you are, when you, what you're saying is true. Look, if, if I teach my students something and do something different, do you think they'll believe me? I'm asking you. They won't believe me. They won't believe me. And they know what we're doing. They won't believe you. If you are sleeping, shout hallelujah. Genesis 18, 17 tells, shows us how Abraham transformed, became matured. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the things which I do? He says, friendship and intimacy. 18, seeing, see the testimony of God about Abraham. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great a mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Why? Verse 19, for I know him. God, what do you know about Abraham? That he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. He was a man of the word of God. Remember, Abraham had no laws. He had no ten commandments. Moses hadn't even been born. What's the ways of the Lord? Believe God. No Ten Commandments, nothing. He just murdered for people how to trust God, that God is who he is. And if you read the Bible, the people that were closest to God were people who walked before the law. Go and read Hebrew, you'll see them. Enoch. Was there any law at the time of Enoch? But what did the Bible say? Enoch walked with God. So pleased God that God So he modeled for his family how to trust God, how to believe God. The way of God is the way of faith. The just shall live faith. So God says, I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. If he didn't believe it, it won't happen. That's what God said. And what we just read it in Romans, he said, this happened because Abraham simply believed God, period. That's how you walk with God. So God gave us a formula to develop spiritually and to grow in our faith. Jeremiah 9, 24. But let him who glories glory in this, in what? That he, number one, come on church, talk to me. Number one, I can't hear you. Number one, he understands and what? Knows me. How can you believe in God you don't know? He said, that's what, don't glory in any other thing. Don't waste your time. You glory that you understand me and you know me. That I'm the Lord exercising, number one, what? Loving kindness, which is grace, which is mercy. Love is the greatest for God. Judgment and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Romans 12, 2, God's formula. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of what? This world. But let God transform you into a new person by your struggles. What did he recommend? I want to hear you talk to me. Is this my dress intimidating you? I think people are watching my dress. <laughs> By what? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Not before. Until God changes the way you think, you won't know God's will. Quit means you won't even understand scripture. How does God change the way we think? It's through the scripture we study. By revelation he gives us. Like we are hearing this one. 1 Peter 2.2 1 Peter 2.2 2. 
Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Church, look up here. Let me talk to everybody. Please look up here. You see this thing they call salvation? If you don't understand it, if you don't understand it, you will not walk in the full experience of it. You will remain a baby Christian the rest of your life until you understand it. Because that's all Jesus brought us. Do you know any other thing Jesus brought us? Salvation. Brought us salvation. In it is new life. In it is deliverance. In it is everything. If you don't understand it, if you don't understand what Christ did on the cross for you, you'll be a baby Christian. You are not going to walk in fullness at all. Jesus didn't come here to say 10 steps to this, 20 steps to that. That's not his business. He said, hey, I came to seek and to what? Several of you are lost and to give you life. You must understand salvation, church. Must. And you must know all the details of what Christ died to give you. That's what makes you live the full spiritual life that God wants you to live. Otherwise, you remain a baby. I don't care how many years you are in the church. You remain a baby. Because you do without those things. There's no alternative. No alternative. So he says... Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Acts 20, 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, to the word of his what? Abba. To the word of his what? Grace. What is grace? Grace is the mercy. What Christ brought us. The Bible says he brought us grace brought us the truth. The truth is the testimony of the Holy Spirit about Christ. Because Jesus is the truth. You know, when Jesus appeared to me in Lagos, he stood before me. Foolishly, I started quoting scriptures to him about prosperity. I said, opportunity calls, but once. I said, Lord, you said this is, I quoted scriptures. As I was quoting, he was just smiling. He knew I was foolish. After I quoted, I got tired. He asked me one question. He said, are you now ready to preach the gospel? I said, yes, Lord. He said, I'll send you. I'll show you where he disappeared. That was all. But I was so busy quoting, Lord, you said so-so. Your word says so-so. He was just smiling. I mean, I just was coming out of serious poverty. Don't forget. I was quoting everything. Quoting everything. And I think it was about that time, and one Sunday morning, he told me to take the 15 naira I had, the only money I had to go, take it to church and give to somebody. I said, give to somebody? Are you sure? He said, yeah, I'll take it, all of it. I said, I don't have anything. He said, you have me. He said, I want to train you. Don't trust money. Trust me. I'm your source. Take all of it. And I took it. And went to church. And immediately I got, I saw the brother. So I went to him, I put it in his hand. I went to my chair, very sorrowful. I had nothing left. So after service, the brother came to me with excitement. While he was very excited, I was like, can you leave me alone, my friend? Just go away. He was so excited, he followed me home. I said, what's all this? He said, brother, you don't understand. He said, I was praying for $50, I mean 50 naira. That's all I needed to complete my school fees. He said, and God told me I'll give it to you in church. And he began to, he was praying for me. I wasn't hearing him. I was still missing the, because uh, I had nothing left. <laughs> he was praying for us, blessing us. He said, oh, I cannot go back to school. He said, I'm going back tomorrow. I said, okay, bye, bye, go. Leave me. And he lost it to me. He said, everything you trust in your life, I'm going to destroy them. I want you to learn to trust only in. And he did. I cried. I yelled. I screamed. He said to me, grow up. 
I'm your confidence. I'm your completeness. I'm your life. I'm your blessing. I'm your all and all. You can't put your faith in anything except me. And he told me, he said, I don't work with proud people. He said, all those things that make you proud, I'm going to destroy them. He said, when I break it, the alabaster will flow. He said, the oil there will flow. Yeah. My, my sister called to me and said, brother, you need to write a book. So, he says, Acts 20, 32, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. That word of his grace is what builds you up. The word about the gospel is what builds you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. For clarity, the scripture makes it clear. Ephesians 4, 11. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, with some, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers, and their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. 13. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know what? The Son of God. To, to attain in the same faith, not to believe this, this way, but believe this, not wrong doctrines, no, the true faith. To know what it means, what it means, what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end. Not before then. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble. You see what, what it does? We will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. Can we say a big amen to that? So, God's formula says we should know him through studying scriptures. Joshua 1.8, Joshua 1.8, study this book of instruction continually, not sometimes, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Be sure to obey everything written in it. But you have to study it, number one. Number two, meditate on it. If you don't meditate on it, you will not respond to it. Look, I've I've pastored many years. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen people who came very excited. They say, Pastor, man, and they talk. You feel the excitement. One year, you won't see them again. I've seen people who came looking cold, quiet, wondering, did they receive anything? Five years, they are still stronger and stronger. It's not by what you... The Lord knows who, right? You got to meditate on scriptures. You got to. You got to meditate on scriptures. Very important. Study it continually. It says, when you do that, let me read that verse, Joshua 1 8 again. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey every, everything written in it. Only then will you prosper. We don't do this. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do as a father, as a husband, as a wife, in business, in everything. He said, only then will you succeed in all you do. Simple formula God gave us to prosper. I won't follow it. Psalm 1 verse 1. What, what delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. 
verse 2. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am. That's his passion. Then meditating again, what? Then his passion is to remain true to the word of I am God. Meditating then on the true revelation of light. Who is Christ? He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design. Deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. Bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. His desire, his, de- his delight is in the word of I am. He meditates on it day and night. Third John chapter 3. I mean, have you seen Third John chapter 3? Verse 3. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk where? In the truth. That's the joy of a pastor. Somebody called me from abroad. I came to, I told my wife, I said, this made my day. All we were sharing was how he's walking in the truth. He said, he said, man, I was so, I, I was so thrilled. I was so encouraged. Walking in the truth will make you desire more and make you study more. When God began to open my eyes about Jesus, I would study till 3 a.m. I couldn't have enough. It was so interesting. It was, I'm like, wow, wow. <laughs> Wow. The Bible says if you test the Lord, if you test the Lord, you, you, when you test him, you find his what? His what? Test me, find his good. Praise the Lord. No greater desire than to know Christ and walk in him. So like Abraham, we need to be doers of the word. James 1.22 don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So always let the word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So always let the word become like poetry written and fulfilled in your life. I pray that God will help us to understand this. So as fathers, we need to father this. We need to model it, how to work with you. With God. Don't model religion for your people. You're wasting your time. You have to model the life of Christ through the knowledge of Christ so you can, they see you in difficulty that your faith is unshakable. They see you. They see how you practice this thing. They see how you commune with God. They understand it, that this is working for you. They see it. And that's what will make them want to follow you. You don't force them to church. If you do it the way God does it, they'll follow you. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege of studying, for the privilege of hearing, for the privilege of understanding the truth. For when we know the truth, it sets us free. And the truth is Christ himself. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.